I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Framför mig sitter en mycket vacker kvinna med utstrålning som känns i hela rummet. Hon har en mix av lekfullhet och vishet i ögonen. Hon växte upp i USAs värsta ghetto med hög kriminalitet, mord, droger och en dysfunktionell familj. Men hon lyckades mot alla odds ta sig vidare till en annan del av världen. Ett annat liv, en utbildning och en strålande karriär som storyteller. När hon kom tillbaka till sin hemstad var det en helt annan position. Det här är Tell Your Story med Mary Lee Copeland. Great. Welcome to Blogosin's podcast, Tell Your Story. And I'm here with this amazing uh, woman, dual citizenship. Yes. American and, and Swedish. Swedish yes. Excuse my Swinglish, but I'm trying <laughs> to cope here. <laughs> so, Mary Lee, welcome. Hi. Hi. Well, you know, I, I really, um, it's great to meet you again. I think that uh, it's, uh, it's kind of an honor. That yeah, for you, me too, definitely. Yeah. And especially that you remember Uh, you know my story i will um, always remember your story so uh, to make a long story short here <laughs> in the intro we met uh, it's almost uh, five years ago mm-hmm. and it was a dinner yeah. and we all we didn't know we were four strangers yes almost and um, we haven't met each other before so we decided to uh, with um, no limits all in tell our life stories and your story was um Amazing. Oh. And that, that is okay. why I wanted to invite you to this podcast, Tell Your Story, to mm. tell your story, because um, it's so inspiring oh. how you could um, make everything that you have done of your life. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, it's so interesting since um, my background is, uh, or what I do today is mm-hmm. storytelling. I would consider myself a storytelling expert in marketing and advertising. And um, and that's kind of an odd thing because I think that when people think about that, they think about like PR, making up a story for a brand or finding that brand story. But the way I look at it is more like almost what happened last night at the Eurovision contest. When what happened? Well, you know, you have these moments, you have mm-hmm. themes that kind of collect like, um, like if you think about life as kind of like a net, uh, let's say like a spider's net. This sounds bad. But in, <laughs> and you have all these insects that are kind of coming through yeah. and they can get caught, yeah. right? And, and you get kind of like a cluster of mm-hmm. things kind of getting caught around. Um, now, 
probably those insects are going to die. So that's the bad part of that metaphor. But it's but like an, on the opposite. When, the they, opposite. when they got stuck, they grow. When, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So last night, here we have Conchita, you know, um, who is transgender and beautiful and wonderful person who won last year. Yeah. And then we have... Mons, who did a fabulous job. I mean, didn't miss a beat. Totally but flawless. Yes, but he's very emotional, and mm-hmm. he's singing about heroes, mm-hmm. right? And so he's singing about something that's resonating mm-hmm. with people. They're connecting to the times when they've been, they've had to be a hero because they were beaten down so low, yeah. right? Yeah. Then you have Russia which is we're having some humanitarian problems there we're having some civil rights problems there you know and i think that that's what my story is about today it's actually about civil rights yeah good right so so in that moment when mons won mm-hmm. it's like uh we were liberated all of us in that moment mm-hmm. you know and i think that as a storyteller that's what i try to do and find what you know those moments of liberation yeah um but those moments of liberation are always they include not just the happiness but also the tragedy right so you have both sides happening at the same time yeah and you know where you are but you're not alone exactly you know? and then of course you go on to what you you go on to something else Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not one of those liberating moments. No, but exactly. But uh, I mean, uh, the tragical part of, it, of of a story, mm-hmm. of something that uh, of a life event. Mm-hmm. If you tell it, mm-hmm. and uh, if you find that you are not the only one, mm-hmm. it, this this thing happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Then it's a really important story. Yes, absolutely. To tell. Yeah. To. Um, yeah, and you know, and it's like you can tell the story over and over again, which I've been doing from different angles mm-hmm. in my work. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I do is that I, I, tell, I have these uh, seminars yeah. and workshops, but actually when I'm there, I'm trying to find out what's in the room, mm-hmm. what needs to be liberated in that room in terms of thought, how people are thinking about themselves in this moment. And how, you know? can, you, uh, how can you understand that by just stepping into a room? Oh, well, you have to be kind of quiet and get to feel it. Yeah. You know, got to be, but that's, um, that's a different kind of a story. And that's frankly a technique. It's nothing airy fairy about it. It's no. just, you know, that's the work I do. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think there's a bit of, of, uh, talent and training. And since I'm older, mm-hmm. right, I'm 57 years old. But you cannot believe yeah. that. I uh, mean, well, you look like uh, 40. <laughs> well, well, thank you very Maximum much. Maximum 40. <laughs> well, thank you very much. But I think that I love being older mm-hmm. because you cannot have that kind you can't be the facilitator of that liberation without certain experience no now you can be young i like mons you know he was there holding that moment and he took it mm-hmm. i mean he 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 took that hero stance for all of us yeah you know yeah so anyway um so i guess uh, what i can say is that you know um the great thing that happened i'm going to start at the end and come back to it okay? do it Right. So uh, last year I was awarded uh, the Living Legacy Award in my hometown, Richmond, Virginia. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, I mean, I've done things like I graduated from Wellesley College with honors. A lot of people would be very impressed with that. That's Hillary's uh, alma mater. I love Hillary. 
Um, and um, it's a very tough school. It's a, it's a, it's a Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. And um, it, some people be impressed by that. And I, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I've also helped people win almost every international award in terms of uh, uh, it was, it was, uh, commercials mm-hmm. in Sweden and in Finland. Mm-hmm. And that could be very impressive. And you go like, yeah, I did that, right? Yeah. But actually, the moment that I got on that stage in Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and they said, you know, you have done extraordinary things with your public school education, hands down, that was, and I almost want to cry right now, it was absolutely one of those liberating moments. Everything came together that I had struggled for. You know, as a little African-American girl, you know, just, you know, we we have no um, control of where we land when we're born. No. Right? So when I was born, I landed on a, a heap of newspapers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In like a, a little shack in Virginia, delivered by a midwife. Mm-hmm. My mom was there probably smoking a cigarette because we didn't know, you know, it's Virginia, so lots yeah. of cigarettes. We didn't know things like that. <laughs> you know, and, and the fact that she actually had this child was an act of love. Yeah. Because there was no money and there was only oppression. At that time, we were living in what they call the Jim Crow laws. Mm -hmm. So when I was born, you had those uh, water fountains that were for coloreds and the ones that were for whites and the toilets that were for coloreds and the ones that were for whites. And there were certain um, restaurants and places you couldn't walk because white people were there. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you know... um, it just wasn't, oh, and there were laws. There was the law, I've forgotten what they call the law, but there was a law that, you know, interracial couple, you, mm. you, that you could not uh, have an interracial relationship. As a matter of fact, a black person should never, ever touch a white person. And to look too long at a white person in the late 50s, early 60s, you know, um, so was caused for... So it sounds like almost... Sure death. Yeah. So it sounds like it was almost even worse than Russia today when you grew uh, up. That's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was more it was, like apartheid. Yeah, apartheid you know? system. Yeah. But there are places in the world that are mm. definitely, you know... I mean, I when I was a kid, I never felt self-pity no. because I knew that out there in the world there were people who had it worse, you know? Did you have that mindset already then? Well, you have to kind of like think real fast. Otherwise, you don't survive. No, exactly. You just don't survive that. It was, um, I would say that we lived, when I arrived in Richmond, Virginia, we were on a three or four block street called Jackson Ward. And Mm. now today, Mm. of course, because of genocide, uh, genocide, sorry, because Mm. of (laughs) gentrification, (laughs) not genocide, that's a different thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's from the Bible, isn't it? Well, well, actually, well, you know, you might think of, uh, young black men being shot, yeah. you know, for no apparent reason, a form of uh, genocide. Um, and I think it's very interesting because people say like, oh, you know, it seems like the policeman, this just is happening right now. No, mm-hmm. it's just another form of lynching in my mm-hmm. in, in my experience. Because this means you mean that... You mean that happens now when they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't, they don't hang you, no. right? You could be walking down the street. And when I was a kid, we were told never, ever, when you see a policeman... Go in the opposite direction. 
right. you were scared of them. And they also said run, which of course mm-hmm. you saw these young black men doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or, or even if you stand there, you know, you can get um, you can get into trouble. So you actually grew up in a system where you couldn't trust the police. The police were more of an enemy. Right. Well, you were not a person. Yeah. You were not. You're you as a human being. You were of less value. You know, you, you weren't even necessarily a human being because even though, you know, you had the Emancipation Proclamation and you had uh, the liberation and you had the right to vote, mm-hmm. right? We had this thing separate but equal, but it was very unequal. Yeah, right. it was like two parallel systems mm-hmm. said to be equal, but it was not. It was, right, uh, right. And, you know, it's very interesting that, you know, in Sweden, they don't really know very much about that. They don't really know that uh, the, the long emotional trip of desegregation. And, uh, and that's also part of my story because living in this um, very, you know, poverty brings with it a lot of problems. You know, and I must say also poverty is a state of mind too. So we can have some people, I met some people who had quite a lot of resources, you know, but didn't feel very, very much worth. No. Right. So when I'm in the room and I'm delivering my little, you know, seminars and things like that, these things come up also. Right. Um, And that's the struggle. Right. Yeah. So if you look at Russia, you just have a situation where people are told you are not worth. No, exactly. You know, because of what you choose, who you choose to love. Yeah. Um, and maybe or, that's not yeah. even a decision. Maybe exactly. That's... Well, who you are is kind of not a decision. You yeah. know, but you you can certainly deny, you know, your emotions and choose to um, fabricate a life that isn't quite the one that, that suits who you are. No. So that can be a choice, mm-hmm. which is what they were asking you to do, yeah. which creates a lot of pain. Yeah. Right? And not the kind of pain that we're gonna talk about today mm-hmm. as a storyteller, mm-hmm. right? The kind of pain we're gonna talk about as a storyteller because you know, um, when it, I have this thing uh, that I talk about, it's like planting and payoff, you know? You start with one emotion and you end with another, yeah. right? So. It's like this. If I started out, you know, when you're a kid, you pretty much think that the life you're living is right. Yeah. You don't you don't look around going like, oh, wow. You know, I remember I read this book when I was seven years old. It was called the like a uh, it was a sociology book about the ghetto. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about they were making these little scenes. I'm going like. That's not. I have no identification with what they're talking about, but, right? But but you, they were describing where you yeah, grew up. Exactly. Because where you grew up, it's considered, say if I'm wrong, it's considered the worst uh, ghetto in... It was. It, it was. was the most violent. When you grew up. Yeah, in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, by the yeah. way, one of the things that they just found out about Richmond, Virginia, which is really important, um, which is one of the things that I felt as a child... They found out that it was the second most important hub of slavery. It was where they were breeding a lot of the slaves. So Richmond had the highest murder per rate per capita when I was a kid. And I was in that neighborhood where a lot of those murders happened. It was yeah. called Jackson Ward. Yeah. And anyone who's from Richmond, Virginia will go like, oh, really? Right. So, you know, we were just one of those kids, you know, like chickens running around, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and most of my friends from that neighborhood um, either ended up in prison or just died. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that um, there are just very few of us who survived that. Now, I survived on my imagination. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> right? So I would walk around and I would make stories up. So I was planting my future, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I was dreaming about things like, you know, one day I'm going to go to a ball. Mm-hmm. You know, one day I'm going to meet this person who talks about, if I heard something, I made a mental note of it. And one of the things I realized when I was, I think, about nine years old, um, I had a situation that was quite uh, intense. And uh, uh, I won't go into that detail. Uh, that's a different story. But I ended up in um, having to be in court. Yeah. And uh, I had a very large vocabulary for a little kid from the slums because no one talked to me, but I was reading a lot. Yeah. And uh, what happened was... When I gave my testimony, I'll never forget this. There was a white man, right? And I was just smiling because, you know, as a kid, you go like, you just think, at that time, I thought, well, there's justice, Hmm. right? I knew what justice was. And uh, what happened was he was asking me questions. And then in the end, the case was thrown out because I wasn't credible Hmm. as a poor girl from the area. I shouldn't have that kind of vocabulary. And um, so when I came home, let's say that was a very low point for me, right? So at that point, when the bottom falls out and you go like, oh my God, I can't trust, there is no justice, right? Two things can happen, in my opinion. You can decide, okay, I'm gonna figure out some other options on this, right? I'm going to look at some, I'm going to look around and see the one thing I can focus on, you know, make something of it and see how it relates to the next thing mm-hmm. until I'm out of this, yeah. right? Or you can go, you know, this is a tragedy I can't survive. And for, to be honest, in my neighborhood, there are a lot of people who committed suicide too. Yeah. Um, and that was a respectable option. If you think about the awful ways you could die. You could die a very violent death. You could be raped and just slaughtered, right? So, I mean, but I had one tool, and that was my imagination. Yeah. And um, so I used it. Were you a daydreamer? Uh, Oh, forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if it was day or night. I was just (laughs) dreaming. But I was also reading a lot. Mm. I was reading um, and I was having conversations with myself until I found public radio. (laughs) And then I would call Mm. them. <laughs> really? Yes, yes. Were you one of those people calling into the radio station and talking and uh, wishing for songs and. Uh, oh, no, not songs. No? Issues. Issues. Yeah. Oh. And I would even ask them to help me with my homework. Oh, my God. Right? Because <laughs> these were like, public radio. A, yeah, but that's oh, really yes. a, good, uh, a good behavior to ask yeah. for help. You had yeah. that. Uh, yeah. But not, I wasn't at, I was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And they were entertained. Mm-hmm. And so they got used to talking with me a little bit. And, um, and so, uh, and I liked Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a bit uh, different oh my God. for a My kid. daughter does it too. She loves Frank Zappa. Ah, oh, I was like, oh my God. Yes. We were, it happened to watch a clip of Frank Zappa and she was like, I want to sing like that. And when I show her clips of, you know, young girls singing, right. really like a story tale, uh-huh. story what do you, fairy tale fairy tales uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> then she, she's not interested right, at all right. but Frank Zappa he, he really had something that she got hooked on right well you know what's interesting about Frank Zappa's mm-hmm. songs is that first of all musically is a I mean uh, as a composer he's he was amazing and mm-hmm. he will 
I mean, he's one of the best modern compo- uh, day composer. But also, he didn't sing love songs. No. You know, so he was actually uh, connecting with my think with thinking as opposed to these emotions, which I felt trapped by. And I could see that the people around me were getting trapped by their emotions. I mean, like the sexuality and things like everything was sexualized and and um and you know, Richmond had this vibe. It was a very violent vibe and you know, they have this uh, street called Confederate Avenue and it and it's basically monuments. Oh I saw Monument Avenue. Mm-hmm. And it's monuments to Confederate soldiers, mainly. So if you think about that, and a young girl walking down that street going, okay, what's happening? It's still happening. We're still in the Civil War, except these guys are winning in this moment, right? Um, now they have Arthur Ashe, <laughs> a very unattractive statue, I must say, mm-hmm. of Arthur Ashe on, on that street. Who's but that? He was a, uh, the, he was a um, tennis pro. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of the first, I think, uh, black um, tennis pro that had any kind of statue, and um, we all knew of him. He died of AIDS, um, and um, and, they, they, and there's a statue there of him. And um, but when I was a kid, it wasn't there, and there was just this feeling of violence. I'm like, and all I could think about was, I am gonna leave this town. That's what I, all I wanted to do was like, you know, escape this town. Yeah. Right. And so I had to make actually some kind of a, a strategy. And my strategy was education. Yes. But it couldn't be education in the public schools because it wasn't very good. No. And it was separate, but, you know, not particularly equal. Mm-hmm. So then in the 70s, they, they desegregated the schools and, um, and I was so happy about that until the summer Richmond was burning because uh, the white people who did not want their kids to go to schools, to be bused across town, as they said, I mean, they, I mean, everybody was just, it was violent. My parents were beaten by 15 um, uh, white men in an alley, you know. Uh, it was a horrible summer. And in that summer, I decided, I don't think I like white people. Right? Did you hate white people because I, of what happened? Your I was kind of a dreaming kid, so I'm not sure that hate was what I felt. I felt hurt, you know. It's like because when you're when you have to build from the bottom, when you have options, you know, hate is a motivator in Sweden, but actually, isn't hate? It's revenge. Yeah, I think the Swedes have this very special kind of revenge, which is very nice. It's like it's like, yeah, we're gonna because it's like like a fighter. Oh yeah, spirit. yeah, I'm gonna exactly, like, and it's a beautiful. It's actually a very nice thing, but if you are being oppressed and you hate, it's gonna bring you down. Yeah, it's not much space for creation, right? Yeah. So I was trying to create. How do I get out of this? Okay, well then I just have to be a great student, right? And so I went to school, and uh, the white kids were there. I just thought, don't talk to the white kids. My mom was a racist. Um, and I mean, Richmond, you, keep, you have racists on both sides, yes. right? And uh, I remember this little white girl. She started sending me notes. <laughs> and she had red <laughs> hair. And she was a nerd like me, yeah. right? We both had, like, you know, she had glasses. I needed glasses and didn't know it. But yeah. she had glasses. <laughs> and, she was, and the note was like, Hi. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's your name? And I'm like, wait, can't talk to her, <laughs> right? Right. And so then I tried to ignore her. Yeah. But since I was, you know, we're human, right? Yeah. And we're in the, now we're in a room, right? Yeah. Now we're in a room, mm-hmm. and we and we're in a room where we're gonna have to be in that room for a year, mm-hmm. right? So, and it was like, and then she sent me another note. I I pay, play the piano now. I must say. I was a little interested because I, I played the tenor saxophone. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, well, so, but she's white. Can't talk to white people. They're not, you know, all these horrible things about white people. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but it's also hard when someone has, she had like big eyes. And I don't think very many people uh, liked her either because she wasn't that kind of cool girl. Well, neither was I. And so then she sent me a note and she said, I like the carpenters. And I was like, Oh, I like the carpenters. And that was a secret. Because from where, I'm, where, where I was from, you were supposed to only like, you know, like rhythm and blues and, you know, black artists, because it was also um, not okay to like white people, no. you know. So, um, and so I was like, I like the carpenters too. And she was like, oh, we should go to my home and I'll play the piano and play some carpenters. And, you know, my imagination and my uh, curiosity, uh, it just, it got the best of me. Mm-hmm. And so I went to her home and we just sat at her piano and she played, you know, like, why do birds? <laughs> and I must say, I don't remember no. her parents. I don't remember anyone around because we were in our own world. Yeah. And she was, and she broke down all that, you know, and I was like, you know, we were just, she was just a little girl and I was a little girl, like what, 11, something like that, 12, whatever. And, um, but there was a problem mm-hmm. because in my strategy, you know, learning has to be something that's dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to be, you know, just regurgitating, you know, uh, information is not learning. As a matter of fact, in Finland, they're, they're quitting all that. Yeah. You know, that's really good. So, um, so I decided I got to get out of here because if I don't, if I stay in this system, I will end up learning how to be institutionalized, depending on institutions, yes. like prisons, yeah. like uh, like at the best, maybe I would have become like a lawyer or a doctor and bitter, yes. right? Because then they would put you in this corner and then you live out this life that somebody else chose for you. So I decided I needed more information. Mm-hmm. So I started walking. Mm-hmm. I started walking from the very dangerous part of town. At this time, we were living in a place called Churchill, which was also very hard. And my mom wouldn't allow us to live in the projects. So it was even more dangerous, yeah. right? And so I would walk from that part of town through the dangerous parts, under w- railway things, because up over the river, right, into the university part. I didn't even know we lived in a university town until no. I took that walk. Yeah. Because it was so segregated. And we didn't have, we didn't get the newspapers and things like that because we were poor, right? Yeah. And so I would just go in and sit in stores, you know, and meet people, <laughs> probably, and you know, since I had, like, I was just this little skinny brown kid with braids, mm-hmm. I was not at all a threat to anyone, um, and I just sit there and I ask questions, and then one day, um, I walked um, to an interview for a special education, and there were 98 kids who were going to be chosen to, um, and this is where the living legacy comes, because it was a 
alternative education where we didn't have any rooms. You know, we had no books. Uh, we had, uh, and we got our lessons from professionals. And I was like, this is good for me. Because then what I could do is I could actually relate what I was learning to the real world. Exactly. Right? But I had to get myself there. So yeah. I walked. I can't tell you how many hours. I don't even know how many hours I walked. I don't even know how I got. I, I got used to asking people for rides home, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. But getting there, maybe it was like two hours, you know, that I had. And I found it. And I, and I got help from the radio sta- you know, station, the public radio. I asked them, yeah. how do I find this place? They were like, oh, you go here. You it's know. so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I still do that yeah. today. Yeah. I do that in, in Sweden. Yeah. I mean, we go and we hang out in places and we learn things, right? Yeah. So anyway, but so I, uh, I passed that interview because I had saved up money to uh, buy The Godfather book, book, you know, the, um, I also bought The Exorcist, but you know, you had to really save, you had to like do things like, uh, bag groceries or, you know, uh, I had my little ways of trying to make money, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> one was telling fortunes. <laughs> oh, so you were like, yeah. <laughs> I found a piece of glass yeah, and for a nickel, I could tell your fortune. And I know, I, I'm sure people knew I couldn't tell their fortunes, yeah. but I think they enjoyed the stories I was spinning. Exactly. People, right? people lo- love to have somebody else telling their story and telling them something they didn't know. <laughs> right. So and what I, did you tell people? Did oh, it depend on the person. You, you know. will meet this uh, prince or princess. And oh, no, 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 no. Much more, much more dynamic. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, you're going to leave the revolution <laughs> you know? so oh, it's really to be fun. the next uh, president of the United States <laughs> exactly those kind of things yeah. and like you know um, always very very inspiring so I guess they must have felt uh, really empowered when they left <laughs> exactly they did and also I think that they since I was kind of shy mm-hmm. I mean it was a way for some go- shy? Boy, very I mean well you know I mean If you are a nerd, mm. right, you don't, and you're living in a very violent neighborhood, you don't go like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just kind of sit in the corner and you look and you wait for your time to, you know, to listen to something or read something, right? But somebody told me that's a sign of intelligence to be, to be that way, to be shy. Oh really? You know, because when you come into a new environment, mm-hmm. you first you 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 don't you're not the person that wow all over the place because <laughs> yeah. you don't know <laughs> exactly. How, then you you take one, stay a little bit in the background mm-hmm. and you watch and you learn and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you you take your uh, your stand, mm-hmm. you take your position. That's well, a, then you have I a don't know. It's, uh, somebody told me it's um, yeah, definitely a sign, a sign of, of intelligence. Well, if that's a sign of intelligence, then Swedes are very intelligent. <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, I really well, love that. You know? It's true, exactly. Well, I mean, it, it, it's 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 true. I mean, I really love the education that that uh, Swedish kids get, like in Dogis. I think mm-hmm. it's an amazing culture you have there. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I must say that again, I the thing that I did was I developed mm-hmm. a way for me to learn things and a way for me to experience things. Yeah. And I realized that if you put yourself in a situation and it's uncomfortable, you're probably learning. Not painful, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, if you find yourself sitting, as I often did, everybody's dressed up and you're not, right? It's gonna be uncomfortable, but I can't very well go out 
and buy stuff I don't have. I mean, you know, oh, oh, exactly. some, some of my friends would steal It's uh, also that, right? definitely uncomfortable to, uh, to, to go pressure, pressure your economical limit and right. sit there with the right clothes and, and then you, that's not nice right. either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, what I, what I realized was that what I would do is I said, okay, what you need to do is have good things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you may not be able to dress well, but you can certainly engage in a conversation. Exactly. So again, another reason to get the kind of education I did, which was not—I uh, graduated with um, a science degree mm-hmm. and uh, with honors in uh, from film work, mm-hmm. and I studied a lot of literature. So that when I was in those situations. I could kind of talk about what you were talking about. Yeah, we could talk about a little politics and if, a little science if you needed to, and a little history, right? Yeah. So um, when I uh, one of my friends became the governor's daughter mm-hmm. of Virginia, her father, uh, Linwood Holton, was the Republican, one of the good Republicans, um, who actually desegregated the schools, and he sent his his kids to the public schools, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so eventually, Ann and I met. We also met in this in this special education. Um, and she was awarded the same thing that I was awarded last year, this year. Yeah. Um, but we would sit around and we would talk about these things, you know? And I mean, everything from politics, history, you know, uh, Pop culture. I was more in the pop culture than she was. Still am. Mm-hmm. She's married to Tim, uh, Senator Tim Kaine now, and he likes Zappa. Yeah. So tell your daughter that. Yeah, it's something <laughs> with Frank Zappa. Definitely. Well, he's the best. Yeah. Right. Incredible. So actually, when he, he the last time I was in in uh, well time before last when I picked up my award, he picked me up at the airport and then he gave me a ride back to the airport afterwards, and we were listening to Zappa like. Uh, and singing yeah. along with it, yeah. Actually, because, just because my daughter was so into Frank Zappa, I started to Google him and see. I, I read on his uh, Wikipedia mm-hmm. page mm-hmm. that he was um, actually not only a pop artist. Right. He was um, he was taking into um, the classical or world. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Oh, I know uh, everything. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yes. I, was, I was really surprised. Yeah. And and I uh, also read he had his uh, last uh, concert was a classical concert yeah. in I think it was Geneva yeah. in Switzerland. Yeah. Before yeah. he died from yeah. prostate cancer. Oh. Yeah. 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 A young man. Mm. Yeah. And uh, but I'm sure. I mean, he uh, he was prolific, mm. and he didn't believe in drugs. No. You know, and uh, and he was very uh, socially active mm. in terms of these issues. Also that we're talking about, you know, and it's interesting because I think that the one thing that the way I connected with Zappa was that idea of freedom, right? I mean, he freed my thought from being considered like, you know, any kind of self-pity about being a black girl, right? It's like, um, I remember one of his songs was Broken Hearts are for Assholes. (laughs) (laughs) And you're an asshole. (laughs) You know, so it's like, it's like, it was so fantastic because whenever you're like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just an asshole. Okay, right. You know, so you had to, you know, and so, I mean, without Frank Zappa, I don't think I would have forwarded my education as much as I did. Really? So it's so that much thanks to Frank Zappa. Oh yeah, and everything. Uh, Remember that net? Mm -hmm. Remember the ugly spider net? (laughs) So so he was one of the things that got stuck in there, in my net of storytelling Mm -hmm. and freedom, right? And so like, for instance, today, I am so appalled at the fact that film director, female film directors cannot have a robust career. 
you know. Yeah, that's so crazy. And it is so boring and old and irritating. Mm -hmm. And that's an oppression. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm on it. I mean, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but the horse isn't dead. No, right? no, 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 no. All right, so. Um. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get louder about it. Do it. Um, yeah, again, because it's like, I mean... I'm on your team. Oh, good, good. And your daughter definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> right. Little Rose and I will be riding into the sunset on that, yeah. right, right? Let's make sure that horse gets nice and dead, right? Yeah. Okay, sorry to the horse people. But... I mean, the whole idea is that how do you make moments of freedom for yourself in story, using storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. So that it's, uh, and so I did that as a kid. I decided that, all right, I'm starting with this kind of what would appear to some people to be a very deprived and sometimes depraved situation because there were a lot of criminals, right? Um, I saw lots of murders and deaths and guns did you, did and you drugs. See? Did you oh, see yeah. people get killed? Oh, yeah, yeah. How yeah. old and, were you? Uh, I think uh, the first time I was about six or seven. What happened? A woman was shot by a man. I was playing with my dolls and I looked outside and and she they had an argument. She turned around and he and she had a white uniform on. So I'm sure she was some kind of, you know, maybe she was serving food somewhere or something. Or in her, And he shot her and all I saw, I didn't remember hearing the gun but I saw the red coming off of her white uh, uniform. And then she walked into what is now one of the most um, popular restaurants in Jackson Ward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, but at that time, it was just a bar. 
and she walked in there and disappeared. And evidently, later she died. Yeah. Um, but so you, so you uh, when think police, about, yeah. So you when, think about this every time you see that place, that uh, restaurant. Well, place. no. Now it's different. See, that's yeah. the thing, right? Things change mm-hmm. with storytelling. The story is positive now because yeah. now there's a great restaurant and that whole area is being rehabilitated but hopefully they will still embrace mm-hmm. the people there mm-hmm. I don't think so yeah. but my friend who was the governor's daughter she then later became the governor's wife yeah. of Tim K and now she's the secretary of education for Virginia yeah. you know and her husband is the senator right so when I she nominated me for this living legacy yeah yeah so and was she, there was, she, was she this the girl with the red hair? No. No, it is no, 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 no. Just an extension of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think about the culture, if you think mm-hmm. about the characters, like for instance, um, that little girl with the red hair could be my, I have a, a female director here mm-hmm. today. She happens to have a kind of red hair, which is weird. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it can be black, it can be white, it can be a lot of things. Yeah. But the thing is, is that that character, right? Continues yes. in my life, yeah. right? Um, because I'm doing the same thing I was doing as a kid, yeah. trying to create those moments of freedom. Yeah, and I refuse to allow people to, you know, this the, the thing about a, a, a prejudice or mm-hmm. judgment yeah. is a story you run, mm-hmm. right? So when someone's saying to me, um, like, uh, I'm not supposed to be somewhere because of the color of my skin, or right now is age. Like it wasn't meant to be. Right, right. Because uh, yeah. of this. Well, right now there's because a lot. Because I'm too old. or I'm Right, too... well, there's age discrimination in mm-hmm. your country and around the world, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a ball this year. I'm um, going to throw a ball at, and really encourage people to redefine what aging is because come on. I mean, we're no longer in the 40s and 30s we have a much healthier culture. So when you age, when you're at 60, you're not going to even look, and I'm sure your mom looked pretty good at 60, right? But you're not going to look like her mom did at 60, right? Because you're healthier and there are more opportunities. Plus, we're in a digital world now, yeah. right? So our lives extend so far. Mm. And um, so anyway, um, I want to help make those stories as big as possible, as opposed to shrinking them down to an age. Yeah. Right. So this year, mm-hmm. I'm working on that, and so in April, around April 8th next year, there's going to be a ball, and it's going to be a charity ball. Yes. Half of that is going to go, or most of that's going to go to supporting female directors having a career, <laughs> not doing a film, yeah. having a career. Yeah. And the other part's going to go to girls. Like who knows? Maybe. Good. Uh, whatever, how, whether it's, whether, whether it's health for girls, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, in difficult situations, right, or uh, education or whatever. But I want to start like collecting money for those things now because uh, but, uh, this is yeah. amazing. I want to yeah. do it too. We can yeah, talk we about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rose will be there with Zappa. She and I will be yeah. like. <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, so I think that if I if I think about the yeah, the the struggles. Right, struggle is an interesting thing, right? Yeah. When did I start to struggle? Yeah, when did you right? start to struggle? I didn't have a struggle. You never. Did? All I had was forward. Mm-hmm. The struggle comes when there are obstacles that come in your way from the way other people think about you. Yeah. Or the or thoughts made uh, concrete by institutions, mm-hmm. right? So let's say today I play golf. Yeah. 
right? When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to, I would have been allowed on any golf course in Richmond, Virginia nope. because of the color of my skin and being a woman, mm-hmm. right? So that construct, that was a physical manifestation of that story mm-hmm. about how black women are not worth anything. And let's not even talk about gay black you know, yeah, people, that's so a, forget about that. Even, even one more level. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but I refuse to, it's like, okay, I see that, you know? And I have, I have this one thing, it's like, you know, once you see something, you start to deconstruct it, mm-hmm. if you see it. If you, if you push against it, like, then you don't necessarily see it, right? But if you see it, you can go like, hmm, what in that story can I connect to to make it right and disappear, mm-hmm. right? But if you think about the fact that in every emotion, in every, um, uh, in every it has both things. Yeah. Like if you have struggle, then you have freedom, Yeah. right? So I'm looking for the freedom mm-hmm. in that. So now golf, never thought I'd find it, wasn't interested in it. I thought that the way for uh, like freedom for golf is just not do it. And not want, you know, almost like sour grapes. Who wants to do that anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Until I've met someone and I'm, you know, I'm dating a man now who golfs a lot. And I just wanted to be in the conversation and I love doing it, right? And now I'm finding that freedom. Yeah. And I tell you, one day I'm going to go on that golf course in Richmond, right? So the thing that I was running from as a kid, and this is the upside, right? Yes. The thing that... All I wanted to do was to be out of Richmond and never come back. Yeah. Right? Coming back was the most liberating thing I could do. Yeah. I Not can just un- for me. Yeah, I can understand. But for other people too. Yeah. Right? But how would you explain it? How would you, why, why it felt so liberating? Almost like the circle is... Um, it's comfort. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's recognition. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like I left a second class citizen mm-hmm. and I came back when African Americans oh also they're going to make a uh, there's a museum mm-hmm. to this whole thing with the slavery because a lot of people a lot of Africans lost their lives there, there. in Richmond Virginia where I used to live yeah so if you think about it as a burial ground they're going to honor it as a burial ground. Yeah. So now let's talk about storytelling, right? Yes, yeah. So not only do you have the African burial ground, mm-hmm. you have girls, <gasps> right, me, who, th- this is, this is the, all the stuff that's, that's in that net, you know, oppression of girls, education, liberation through education, um, escape, return, Right, all of these things mm-hmm. come together in that moment when I was on the stage, mm-hmm. being honored. Yeah, and it did what Moons did last night. It created a moment in people's minds mm-hmm. of like thinking differently about something mm-hmm. and getting behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's and I think that's what storytelling is so, yeah. so inspiring. Right, it's but that's what storytelling is about. And I tried it. And now it sounds like if you bring it down to Coca Cola, right? All right. That may sound cynical, like, but Mary Lee, you work with marketing and advertising. You're selling things to people they may or may not need. But you know, the one commercial that helped me as a kid was the one for Coca-Cola, I'd like to teach the world to sing. First of all, 
oh, there's a world. <laughs> right? And, mm-hmm. that, and that people could actually be together somewhere mm-hmm. of all colors. So that gave me, you know, something to dream about. And a, a different perspective. Right. Yes. And in Mad Men, that, that uh, TV series, yes. that was the last commercial. That was the last, and, and in, the, in the TV series when it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, the, I haven't seen the... Oh, oh I'm sorry. No, no, no it's okay. <laughs> it was, I mean, I didn't tell you what it meant, right? <laughs> no, But, no, no. I mean, it's one of the most beautifully written pieces. Mm. And, um, and, and that commercial, right? Um, and that's why I believe, again, people feel like, oh, advertising, it makes you a consumer. It makes you, an, uh, you know, it, 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 it creates this need and this addiction mm-hmm. but also creates the opposite yeah exactly definitely i mean right. uh, com- com- commerce in itself right. it's not only for the bad it, right. because it's people who are creating it right and if the people are good right if they take responsibility if they want to communicate uh, something in a good way that right. leads to positive things right then it's good but it can of course also be the opposite exactly and and you know and sometimes when it, when you know you need to run the negative, what appears to be negative, in order for people to understand mm-hmm. that moment of liberation. So last night, when Mons is there on the stage, I mean, that everybody was free, including the mm-hmm. people from Russia. Yes. Right? But I mean, uh, you can only imagine how many people in Russia who are desperately longing for liberation, like you're talking about, this, this freedom. And, uh, But that was beyond politics. Because mm-hmm. if Russia had won, mm-hmm. and we had to go there and have the Eurovision contest, yeah, you know, I want. But I wonder how it would have been. Because in the end, what result it would have given? Mm-hmm. Because uh, this, uh, I mean, the Eurovision um, song contest. It's um, it's it seems like um, how can I say this? Uh-huh. Like a Uh, rainbow organization. Yes. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. It's, it was not. It's the not the, va- the values really, is, uh, is yeah. all about uh, equality, and uh, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, mm-hmm. who you love. Mm-hmm. All those. Well, we would have worked it out, right? Yeah. It would have been there, and it would have been what it was. But we, it's like recognizing those moments mm-hmm. when liberation happens. Mm-hmm. Recognizing those moments when you're at the bottom mm-hmm. and you can. Or like, let's say, uh, you're in a difficult situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and following a thread Mm -hmm. that will lead you, that you can pay off Mm -hmm. in liberation. Yes. Right? So... um, If we look at female directors, yes, we got to do that. Yeah, you know, you are a female director, right? No, I'm not. You're, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm a producer. I am a female a, um, producer. Film yeah, producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've been working with uh, communication mm-hmm. for over 35 years. Yeah, you know, and um, so anyway. But no, I, I am. I'm supporting female directors. I've tried every angle now. So now I'm just going to have to have a ball, get some money, and just figure out another way to yeah. support them having a career. And you know? I want to help you with that. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, I just uh, have to ask, how did you um, eventually, how did you make uh, make it to Sweden? Oh, that's make a good question. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, again, it's From like... From Virginia uh, to Stockholm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From Virginia to Stockholm. Yeah. Exactly. Um... Well, uh, you know... Via Manhattan. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, via Massachusetts and Austin. Ah. Austin, Texas, a ah. wonderful place. But, you know, it's really interesting because 
relating this to storytelling, okay, sometimes every journey is emotional, right? So me getting here today through the uh, gumball 3,000, it's like, <laughs> it, that's, that's an emotional journey. Like, I got to get yeah. there on time, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's like this. Sometimes the longest journey actually is from one neighborhood to another. Yeah. The journey from Austin to Sweden wasn't very hard. No. The journey from my very dangerous neighborhood to downtown Richmond was much harder. Yeah. Right? So what happened was I had I was working for Motown Production for a wonderful woman called Suzanne DePass. She's the one who discovered the Jackson Five and everything and we were developing uh, shows together and stuff like that. And so I was met Michael Jackson? No. No, no, no. By that time he had left. Ah, <laughs> right. But she was but, very good friends with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and being her, working with her, I had his very, very, very private number. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But no, she was, um, so this is when he had left, but I did speak with uh, Dinah Ross, you know, wow. and I met uh, some quite uh, other people. But, you know, being a nerd, my interest <laughs> was, of course, these moments of liberation. Yes. So I was working with trying to create these stories, right? And that was another angle of doing the same thing I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. I loved my work, mm-hmm. and I really loved her, right? You know, and um, but problem, uh, L.A. is one of the loneliest places you can be, if you are working for someone like that who's very famous. Everybody's trying to get to that person, and I just realized, you know what? Again, this is I'm I'm stuck. I'm trapped. If I stay in this, I'm going to become something I don't want to be. So I remember I went to her and I said. I'm going to go back to Austin. And <laughs> she was like, what? You know? Mm-hmm. But I decided that I should be creative enough, you know, to create that thing that I wanted in a different way. Yeah. So I went back to Austin and I created some products, which yeah. we won't go into, which were hilarious. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just have some different, you know, like I traveled to Australia teaching dance. I, I made these things. Just made a whole bunch of stuff. But, and then... Yeah. I had a chance to go to Sweden. Yeah, but isn't it the, like sometimes if you if you are going in the wrong direction, uh-huh. somehow right, but even wrong, uh-huh. if you understand what I yeah, mean, yeah. then you have to maybe go back, mm-hmm. like maybe ten or more steps, <laughs> yeah, to get it right, and then you go again in the same direction, but now you're on the right track. track exactly, it's about night. Ni- Na- navigation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I agree. It can look like you are on the right, and then you take uh, yeah. some ste- steps yeah. the backward. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, it's not like that. Exactly. It's like you're taking steps backwards, right? But in order to get ahead right. in the right direction, right? You know, uh, it's, it's that whole thing about no. Mm-hmm. Sometimes no is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about navigation because you're not going to be. There is no straight line to no. anything. Besides, if you if you have a vision, right? I think people confuse vision with goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there a, a vision inhabits a lot of goals. Yes. But if you really have a vision, you can't see it. No. You can feel it. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing about a vision. Like Martin Luther King, I have a dream. Yeah. It wasn't like he was going, you know what? And that dream mm. is like, you know, going to be 2007. You know, no, it's a vision. Yeah. Oh. So you have to navigate to kind of feel what's going on. Yeah. Right. 
And you get taps, positive and negative, mm -hmm. right? And you just kind of keep going like that. Mm -hmm. And you transform during the road. Exactly. You transform into and something. And you allow that. Yeah. You know? And that's one thing about aging, right? Mm -hmm. It's like one of the things about in this, this ball that I'm going to have, the theme is going to be growth and damage. Mm -hmm. Because the whole, you know, when we're aging, no one wants to look damaged. No. You know, but that's growth. You know, you, you've seen your daughter grow, right? Yeah. And there's a certain amount of pain that comes with growth. Yeah. So if you avoid all those things, I mean, if she looked the same as she did as an infant, yeah. that'd be creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Definitely. So this is what's happening, right? I mean, I want, I mean, this is just for men and women mm -hmm. because this culture does not support anybody yeah, getting but, old. But now I have to say, I mean, you are very fortunate because you don't look your age at all. I mean, you look uh, magic. Right. <laughs> you look, but, but then you have to I ask mean, yourself, you, what should my age how? look like? Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. But, we have a construct. But it's uh, that's about genes. No. Also. No. My Do sisters so? don't look like this. No. Right. I mean... I've been hopping around. Mm. I've been a vegetarian. I drink, I don't drink. I, I mean, who knows? Mm. But the thing is, you ask yourself, what should this age look like? Mm -hmm. What do you, what picture do you have? What should your age look like? You know? Mm -hmm. What should a mother look like? And then, then what? Then I, then and then I, you start then I looking start at to, it. to live my life, life like a person looking like that would you, live. You find a moment of freedom for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You find a moment of freedom. Yeah. Hopefully not fueled by drug other than coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's like, so, so yeah. for instance, I never look at my age. No. I look at, when you met me, I had a situation where my company was in very bad shape. Yeah. Um, and I had to like redesign my entire life. Um, because I had a relationship that didn't work out. Um, and, you know, I could have looked at it and gone like, oh, that's, that didn't work out. That's, you know, no. But I was like, okay, what's here? What's in this? And I started looking at where can I create the moments of freedom for myself? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because I had damage, mm -hmm. right? And growth. Yeah. But, uh, Honestly, you look exactly the same. It doesn't look <laughs> one day older, well, even though you went through a really tough uh, time yeah. back then. And it was tough. Yeah. But you know, life is tough. Yeah, it is. Right? But again, because it's like, but again, who creates the struggle? I mean, you gave birth. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that was not, <laughs> that, was, that was a bit tough, right? You know, but you knew that the baby had to come out. Right? You didn't struggle with that, but you worked through that. You had to breathe through that. You had to like let them do their job, however that baby was going to come out. right? Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, the aftermath, you still had things to do. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's, I mean, giving birth to mm -hmm. something new yeah. is the same way. So when I was, we met when I was living on Wall Street... Yeah. And it was really, I mean, it was so fantastic. It was one of the most beautiful times, yeah, right? Yeah. At the same time, it was hard as hell, you right? Were, you were fighting, struggling. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I really? was going through it. You go, yeah. I was not struggling. There was nothing to struggle against. No. Right? No. But, I mean, when I saw something, it's like, okay, how am I going to deal with that one? You go through it. Exactly. You know? 
You look for how, where is the freedom in this? Yeah. That's a good question. I get this uh, feeling about you that you, when you, you have something turning up uh, in front of you, <laughs> you're just, uh, you're just, okay, I'm just going to go through this. I pass this. Yeah. I do whatever it takes. I hang I out with some people. Yes. I was hanging out with you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it will work out. And then yeah. you find your freedom. Is that mm-hmm. what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, that's the message today. Yeah. You know, if you, because you were, I you love use this. Use your daydreams also during. Oh yeah. Still daydream. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when hard, very hard times come, we can. Um, let, let's say you have some damage, you have mm-hmm. some trauma. Yeah. Because you know, there was some trauma in this, the thing that I experienced, um, and I'm sure that we all, everybody has trauma, right? Then you can have post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. disorder yeah but there's always some post-traumatic stress situation mm-hmm. right so you have to be in that cry roll yourself up in a blanket cocoon and then the ability to um daydream goes down because yeah. you become like this you, yeah. you know it's like that flight of fr- flight, flight right, or fright or, yeah right right so that mechanism comes in and you it get that gets you across the bridge But then when you're across the bridge, you exhale and the feelings come, right? And then when those are released, Mm -hmm. right, you're finding Mm -hmm. like, you go like, okay, now Mm -hmm. where is my moment of freedom there? Yeah. Right. But I mean, I mean, looking at your uh, background, looking at your situation when you grew up in this uh, neighborhood where, with all this criminality. And I, I mean, look at uh, people in Sweden, young people in Sweden today. I mean, the mental health is uh, an issue. So many people oh. are feeling bad, and yes. um, um, and they have, have no to, support. They have no support, right? And it's not about being rich or poor. No, it's not. It's about being mentally rich, emotionally right. rich, or poor. Right, right. So, but it's, uh, but it's also about you know th- these are these are tough times because we mm-hmm. are we're in a, a gap here from the old and the new because of the digital revolution that happened, right? Yeah. So we're trying to make sense of that and what. What Sweden? What, what's the freedom in this situation? If one of the things mm-hmm. is that that's a great career opportunity. Yeah, of course. You need sorry. Yeah. You need more <laughs> mental health workers. Yeah. You need more mental health workers. Or more maybe something else than mental health workers. Maybe something something more supportive foundation. You know. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Knowledge. Yes. More more. Um, Mental ability health. to give uh, the the children and the young people when they grow up and when they develop their personality right. more self esteem and well, so you what have you the call- internet though you see mm-hmm. your kids like when you were a kid you came home right because there was a home and there was a room mm-hmm. and you went into your room and the world was gone. Yeah. Even if you had a mobile phone, you couldn't really talk all the time. You no. probably didn't even have that kind of mobile phone. Mm. Now kids come home and they go out into the world again. Yeah, they, right? there are no. Um, That's such a stress you can't believe. And yeah. there are people who are actually. There's a guy named Patrick Vincent. He's been on the uh, the sofa a lot on TV now, talking about like internet stress addiction and things like that. Mm. Right. So. Kids, these kids are dealing with things we don't even know. No, exactly. So not only do we need people who can work with that, yeah. we need a whole other uh, structure of support. Exactly. Like you're saying. And knowledge. Right. And understanding. That's a freedom. Yeah. But there's damage 
and growth there. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is try to catch those kids. They're committing suicide. They're like, oh, it's just so, so much damage, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a part of that solution too because I'm going to be uh, I'm going to Can Lions, mm -hmm. and not only am I going to run a 30 second um, presentation. Uh, hopefully about female directors and support, having careers, but also about this addiction exactly. when it comes to... Um, it's really, um, really yeah. important. But Very important. had to uh, talk about a little bit about this uh, because when you grew up, you never faced this struggle that some people, in, young people in Sweden are feeling so depressed and they can't shut yeah. up. They, like you say, there is no place to just be at home right. and close... And safe. The world out right. to be safe, right? Because uh, you're there with your iPhone or your right. Snapchat or right. Instagram or right. And, it's, and, and and if you're if you turn it off, there's mm -hmm. a stress that you're not on. And you know, but that will mm -hmm. be that will be looked at, and there will be structures put into place for it. Mm -hmm. It's an issue of speed and agility. Yes. And I want to be a part of that. It's very very. I had other things mm -hmm. of course you know you're a teenager just your hormones mm -hmm. kick in yeah and i mean remember 13 yeah oh kind of remember 16 <laughs> yeah. oh <laughs> you know i was like i mean my god yeah. you know so it's like i mean but again the struggle are the outside obstacles mm -hmm. right now if you take those in if you internalize them mm -hmm. that's a problem yes exactly right right so now i'm not a therapist let me put that straight. But let's go back to that room. Remember when I told you that they mm -hmm. desegregated the school and that little white girl with red hair was there, p yeah. piano player and things like that, and she passed me a note? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're in a room. We can't get out of that room mm -hmm. because we have to be there for at least, I don't know how many hours the day school was at that time, right? Well, when people are in my seminars and workshops, I see it that way. Mm -hmm. Here we are. What's in this room? Yeah. How can we move this room from point A to point B? Mm -hmm. How can we liberate the, the thought here so that they see themselves mm -hmm. and what they're dealing with? Exactly. With a bit of freedom for that moment. Then when they leave, you know what happens? Yeah. It goes back. Yeah. So then I have to give them the tools to keep expanding that. To, keep, to stay open. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like I said to you, you know, you, you, my story, right? I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, tobaccos, pigs, cotton, slavery, mm. uh, uh, you know, well, the, totally the remnants. world uh, right, from now. From now. But it's still going on there. It's really rough. When I go back there, I try to do what I can. Mm. And um, then I educated myself. To, and ended up in uh, Wellesley University, graduated with honors, uh, worked at Motown Productions, came to work here with Sweden, won tons of awards, had a great time, things like that, was married to a very nice man, divorced. Um, a Swedish and man, and that's why yes, you came to yeah. Sweden. No, 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 no. No, oh, you, no, came, no, 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 you no. came here and I was you met him. And yeah, oh, I was in Sweden and I had a full career for seven, eight years. Uh -huh. You know, Again, that's a story that people think, right? I came here yeah. because it was part of that solution, remember? Yeah. That moment of... of, of possible freedom. I thought, mm. and when I came here, people were working with film. Jonas Orkelund, Johan Comets, Traktor. They were working with film in a whole nother way. And you were a part of that. Right. Yeah. That was my connection. 
Yes. That's my connection with Sweden. And I got even more freedom in Finland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, and then I got married after all that. Yeah. 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 And here you yeah. are now. Right. You told I'm not married now. Not, no, you're not married. No, 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 no. But, no, you're, not married. but you're not really single, are you? Yeah. No, I have a boyfriend. He's yeah. wonderful, wonderful <laughs> Swedish guy. Swedish boyfriend. Yeah, he lives in the States. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's <laughs> fantastic. He's also a... Uh, I mean, he's done. Um, he has an amazing story, so he's a wonderful person. Yeah, maybe yeah. we have him as a guest here another. Maybe if you're <laughs> lucky. Time, if, if you're lucky. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, thinking that we were going to um, end this episode uh, yeah. with Mary Lee. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you a story with a tell song. Oh, so now I wonder which, which song. Which song should it be? Oh, which song should it be? It has to be Frank Zappa because we talked so uh, much about that's Zappa. That's what I thought about, yeah. but I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, you Frank know. Frank Zappa, so which one? Of well, Zappa? I think that, okay, first of all, he has his social. Um, I think that we should end it with Peaches and Regalia. With Frank Zappa. And why do you choose that song? Because it's... It's a magic march. It's a beautiful piece of instrumental music. You you won't believe that it's Zappa, but yeah. it, you talked about his um, what do you call it? His uh, classical career. Mm. So this is is a beautiful piece of music. Yeah, and one of my favorites. Thank you, Marilee. <laughs> <laughs>
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.